This is Tasting Room Radio. I'm Terry David Mulligan. You can find the details for this show at mulliganstew.ca. This one is very specific. We are going to cover off the Vancouver International Wine Festival, the Okanagan Wine Festival's Winter Wine Festival, and the Victoria Whiskey Festival, which happens actually at the Hotel Grand Pacific in Victoria. Thursday, January the 18th through Sunday, January the 21st. And we're going to be talking with Adam Bradshaw, who is the digital and premium experience manager at the Strath in downtown Victoria. It's just an absolutely smashing wine store, but it's also the whiskey headquarters as well. We'll give you the background on Adam as we go. But the Whiskey Festival is next weekend. Vancouver International Wine Festival takes place February the 24th through March the 3rd, eight days, 12 countries, 149 wineries, 1,150 wines being poured, 800 of which are in the tasting room. And we'll have the executive director, Harry Hershick, will be joining us right off the top of the show. And finally, we finish with Kimberly Hundertmark, the general manager of the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Kimberly and the Okanagan Wine Festivals will be kicking off the Okanagan Winter Wine Festival at the District Wine Village in Oliver. Kimberly and the Okanagan Wine Festivals will be kicking off the Taste Passport Saturday, January the 20th and Sunday, January the 21st at the Okanagan Winter Wine Festival in partnership with the District Wine Village in Oliver. They will present Winterfest at the District. And we will get caught up with Kimberly Hundredmark, the general manager, in the last segment of this show. If you're ready, it's busy. Here we go. The segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. It is, of course, the home of many award-winning wines. But we do want to tell you about the Modest Butcher, their dining room. Dining with reckless abandon at Mount Boucherie since 2020. Wine down Wednesdays, half-price bottles of vino. Happy hour, $5 glasses of wine, 2 to 5-ish every day. Tommy and Tannen. Order a tomahawk steak, get your reserve mellow for $5. The Mother's Butcher is open seven days a week, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Check out the reserve wines at Mount Boucherie's website, Reserve Merlot, Reserve Pinot Noir, Reserve Syrah, and Reserve Malbec, and Contessa 2018 and Summit 2018. That website is mountboucherie.com. He is Executive Director Harry Hershick, and we are officially uh, launching a festival season uh, with this edition of uh, Tasting Room Radio. By the way, we're uh, Harry, welcome aboard. Um, we're doing a kind of a combined thing. I'm doing the Victoria Whiskey Festival after you. And then we're going to go up to the Okanagan and talk to uh, Kimberly Hundredmark about her winter festival up there. So it's not a dead zone, friends. This is, in fact, the start of a, a promising year. First of all, is it a 365-day-a-year gig for you and your team? Once you've finished one, you rest and recuperate and then start again? Oh, I'm starting on 2025 now. Well, there's like two of us that are full-time year-round, and then there's year-round part-time and then there's full-time seasonal and so it's a matrix depending on uh what your position is so if you're an accountant you're going to be year-round part-time yeah if you're vision and me you're full-time and then we have part-time and then the part-timers become full-time starting a certain it's you know it's all it's you know our supply chain is the timeline timeline is everything there's a couple hundred deadlines a year you've got only 52 weeks to accomplish those deadlines and and if you've ever worked in media, like in newspapers, magazines, uh, television, radio, you know that deadline is everything. 
Let, you let's miss talk a about, deadline, you can't be in this biz. Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, let's talk, if we can, about the uh, we, the consumer. Um, have we changed our demands of what we want from the festival, or are we happy to just uh, discover it as we as we do? Our surveys have been pretty consistent. The number one reason that people come to the wine festival is to discover new wines. I mean, one way of discovering new wines is having a massive pocketbook and just keep going to the store and trying more bottles, and then you're stuck with the rest of the bottle. I mean, imagine getting to go to a place where you can choose between hundreds of different wines from around the world. It doesn't matter what, what level of drinking level you are, whether it's damp January or you're a weekend warrior or you, you like a couple of glasses per night. I mean, you might as well invest into the wine festival for a couple of evenings and figure out what you like. I mean, can you imagine buying music that you've never heard before? I mean, you get sampling. Sampling is one of the great ways to discover more about yourself, your taste, what you like and what you don't like. If you had the time, of course, and the money, you could fly to Italy and then drive those wild country roads. Um, however, Italy's come to us. They are the feature region. Hey, I know you love numbers, so I, I went and dig this out for this interview. We have the most Italian wineries that we've ever had at the Wine Festival. We've been doing this since 1979, not me. Um, but uh, 71 Italian wineries. And of the 71 wineries, imagine this. 20 of the 71 wineries are bringing, uh, every winery has to bring a winery principal, like a senior right. representative, owner, winemaker. Yep. Of the 71, 20 of the wineries are bringing someone whose last name matches the name on the label. How about that? And that doesn't even include the owner's that have different last names, plus the CEOs, the presidents, the winemakers. I mean, where else? Vancouver, Western Canada, yeah. Canada, North America. Where can you go other than flying to Italy to talk directly to the person, to the person whose name is on the bottle? And not only do they, I mean, their English might not even be that good. That's part of the excitement. And I can assure you one more thing about those Italians. They're not going to be wearing yoga gear or sports gear behind those tables. They're going to be some of the best dressed people we've seen in town for a while. <laughs> bring your bring your A game friends if you're coming. Bring your A game. Do, don't be we'll get to that in a second. Just the kind of person that you can be. Can I I got to ask you something Harry. I'm dying to know this. Because I know your ears in the wind, your nose is in the wind, your ears to the ground. There there are some tough times uh, in the BC wine industry right now and there are because of for a number of reasons but I mean, the deep freeze of last winter didn't help. They, the uh, production is half down. Um, did it show itself in the in the Canadian contingent, the BC contingent? Our BC contingent is up this year. At, ah. uh, I think we were about 21, 22 last year. We have 29 British Columbia wineries. I mean, you know, people in the wine business are a hardy group. I mean, they're farmers and they're manufacturers yeah. and they're retailers and they're marketers and they're magicians and they are teachers and educators. It's an amazing group of people. And so for people you know, throughout British Columbia or even south of the border, Washington, Oregon, to come to Vancouver and be able to, we have 12 countries in all, yeah. but a hundred of the wineries, if you add Italy and BC, imagine going to a place where you can compare Italian to BC wineries. And one of the exciting things about the wine festival 
is a chance for the Italian for the Italian and other world producers to taste our BC wine. True. And it's a chance for our BC winemakers to taste the wines of the world in one room. It's really education. We have a lot of BC wineries saying, oh, you know what? I need to take a year off this year so that I can just come to the festival and learn. So even That's though fantastic. there's 29 wineries from BC coming, there's going to be dozens of representatives from BC wineries coming to the festival, networking, tasting, learning. It's it's uh, it's going to be, and we're back at the end of February after a couple of years. This is our third festival since the pandemic. It's, oh my goodness, I yes. hope we don't go through that again. February 24th through March 3rd. I'm, doing, I'm stealing a couple of your numbers. 12 countries, 149 wineries. I'll let you get to the wines in just a second. Uh, it's the 45th annual, and it just keeps getting better and better and better. Uh, so so we'll make a fuss about Italy. There's lots to make a fuss about, because anyone who's ever been there will know that it's not just Italian wine. It's Italy itself in a bottle. It's uh, And the... Each region uh, uh, prides itself on on the grapes that they grow and make the bottles, uh, the bottle, the the wine that they uh, make available to the world. It, it's there are so many stories coming with those wineries. We have uh, Italian wineries coming from thirteen regions, from the Alps to Sicily. Our keynote speaker. I hope uh, you and everyone have the chance to meet Filippo Bartolata, who's coming. And he's going to do a keynote um, address yeah. on a Wednesday lunch that everyone is invited to. Uh, I mean, invited to buy a ticket, of course. And and what his theme is, he went to the last year, We, as we usually do with keynote speakers, we bring them to the festival the year before so they can get a sense of what the Vancouver Wine Festival is about Smart. and how important the principles are. And and, and I mean, that's 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 part of our DNA. He got a, He was able to take a trip to the Okanagan last year. And so he was just so blown away, like compared to Italy, how rugged, like how rugged and, and fast and furious the, the growing season is. We kind of think of the Okanagan as bucolic and, and, you know, with vineyards. And he thought of it as like, just this place is wild. And so he's doing a keynote address to try to explain to people the difference between Italy's 3,000, 3,000 years of experience versus our 33-0. And he's going to try in one snapshot to explain the difference between three zeros and one zero after a three in terms of history and, and what that can do to a wine culture. I mean, the Italians, it's only been a country for less than 200 years. I mean, they're so regional. They love their the pasta from their village, the grapes from their region, their wines. So this is a chance that not all Italians get the chance. You can't get Italian wines from everywhere of Italy, all over Italy. This is this is a remarkable thing to have in Vancouver. He is a, 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 always welcome here. Harry Hershick, the executive director of the Vancouver International Wine Festival, year 45. Uh, it's going to kick off February 24th. It's going to happen literally in, in minutes. It'll feel like minutes. <laughs> Uh, did I see that um, one of your keynote, um, uh, Evan Goldstein, is coming back to do a session? Yeah, he's coming back. So this is this is uh, a little crazy on this Wednesday lunch. We're going to kick off the lunch with Evan Goldstein, Master Sommelier, the first 
official professional soulmate hired by a professional sports team, the San Francisco Giants. And he's going to do a wine and food pairing seminar. I mean, he's he's a master of wine and food pairing. He's written books about it, including Perfect Pairings, which I have. What do we possibly not know about uh, food and wine pairings? That we that we talk about it all the, constantly. Constantly we're talking about it with our friends and, and ourselves. Um, what goes with what? Uh, how, what could, what? What new things do we need to know? Well, I think you see, he's going to get at the principles. So, you know, it's not white wine and fish. And it's not, you know, like he's going to, and it's going to be an Asian-inspired lunch. So he's going to address some of the uh, wine pairing principles with Asian uh, flavors in terms of sour and sweet and spicy. So I, I, I've seen him do some of this on Zoom. He's really entertaining. And then once you've had a little food in your belly and a couple sips of uh, wine, and it's also going to be a blind tasting. So you're going to pair wines with the dish and you're not going to know what the wines are. I love wine and food pairing. I love blind tastings. And then Filippo is going to talk about this, the difference between the Okanagan and Italy. I mean, how good of a lunch is that going to be? That's on the Wednesday, February 28th, uh, the Vancouver Club starting at 12 noon. It's not We don't often do this, but it's an event that we are inviting both the public and the trade, ah. essentially a trade event that, hey, if you're, you want to go to this lunch, you'll, it's going to be, it's not one, but two keynote speakers. In fact, we've got a third keynote speaker we had during the Spain Portugal year. Paul Wagner's coming back to uh, partner with James Nevison in the Global Crew on Saturday. Got a great lineup of speakers, including your friend Dana Van Mulligan is yep. going to be leading a, a seminar on the Thursday, Mediterranean Art of Living, featuring Gerard Bertrand. So I re if people are used to going to the tasting room, I really encourage people to try out the seminar because then you get the real sense of the personalities, the panelists, the names behind the bottles. It's uh, it's uh, I love those seminars. The dinners, of course, uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, they're selling out like crazy. The minglers are fun. And uh, so what's not to like about the wine festival? And we're fundraising. We're raising funds for Barn the Beach Shakespeare Festival. We spent uh, many of our early years raising funds for the lovely Vancouver Playhouse Theatre Company, yeah. and they closed about 10 years ago already. And so our big fundraiser, we kick off the Wine Festival with the back end of the gala dinner and auction, Saturday the 24th at the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver. Auction items, uh, so really exciting menu. Okay. 10 wines, five courses. It's going to be a, a great evening. Okay, I have to take a break here. And you have to, because you're peddling, you have to... Uh, to get some water in and, and then we'll be right back with part two of this conversation we're going to actually talk wine because it is the Vancouver Wine Festival 45th annual it starts February the 24th he is Harry Hershick the executive director we'll be right back the segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Mount Boucherie Estate Winery it is of course the home of many award-winning wines but we do want to tell you about the modest butcher their dining room Dining with reckless abandon at Mount Bushry since 2020. Wine down Wednesdays, half price bottles of vino. Happy hour, $5 glasses of wine, two to five ish every day. Tommy and Tannen. Order a tomahawk steak, get your reserve Merlot for $5. The Modest Butcher is open seven days a week, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Check out the reserve wines at Mount Bushry's website Reserve Merlot, Reserve Pinot Noir, Reserve Syrah, and Reserve Malbec and Contessa 2018 and Summit 2018. That website is mountboucherie.com.
This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. It's that time of year when the reds start to show. The 2019 Founders Block Gamay Noir. The 2018 Hidden Valley Vineyard Mellow. The 2016 Dickinson Vineyard Mellow. The 2020 Pinot Noir. The 2020 Merlot. And the 2019 Syrah, given 92 points by Dr. Jamie Good. The highlight, of course, is the 2016 Mosaic. 95 points awarded by John Schreiner. Even though the Bistro is closed for the season, the wine shop and tastings are open daily, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can find all the details at hillsidewinery.ca. He's Harry Hershick, still uh, Harry Hershick, the executive director of the Vancouver Wine Festival, year 45. Starts February 24, goes till March the 3, eight days. I'm going to bring up my list, Harry, of uh, attending wineries and starting with Italy, of course. 71. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. As Filippo Bartolotta, our keynote speaker, says, it's bonkers. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, you cannot, if you just concentrate on Italy, you can forget the rest of the room because there's there's more than enough to taste with Italy, or you can come back several times. However, as I scroll down, I see Argentina's uh, coming. Australia is coming back, Rathbone Group. Canada. Nice little how many how many Canadian wineries? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. That's a that's a pretty big contingent. I see that um, because I'm here in the Cowichan Valley. I see that uh, uh, Unsworth is coming. I see that Blue Grouse is attending Church and State. There's lots of scope here. Fort Barron's up in 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 Lytton Country. Uh, there's something for everyone, right? Yeah, I um, something we're doing a little bit. Not quite new. We are going to do an Italian tasting station. So we do have uh, we have 149 wineries, and then and then there's some regions, countries will do an extra tasting station. We have New Zealand tasting station. We'll have two, not one, two non non alcoholic wine stations, so people can explore the whole zero alk thing. California is going to have a massive tasting station, and then we're going to have our own. Italy tasting station and also uh, a sparkling station. But what's exciting about this Italian station, it's going to be, we're going to be training a whole bunch of sommeliers. And because Italy is so complicated, we're going to have reference, uh, essentially reference information at the tasting station. So if people are looking for a Barolo or a wine from Umbria, or where you can go to the info booth and we will help you direct you to the table where you can get that wine because Italy is so complex. That's why we use the term discover Italy. You think discover Italy, I kind of know Italy. Really, you think you know Italy? This is part of Filippo's point. It is so complex and we're gonna have a group of people. So rather than just tasting randomly, you know, we have an app, we have a yeah. tasting program and we will have specialists there helping you Find your 12 Barolos you want to taste. Here's how you, your, this is why, Harry, that we always recommend that people just do a little bit of homework. It's going to help you. Help you Italian wineries are featured in 22 events, 12 dinners. The Bacchanalia Gala, which is, in fact, going to honor, uh, have as, as its gala chair, uh, Professor Howard Soon. Legendary. Yep. And and he if, if they give him mic, a microphone, he will entertain. He will be he will be given a microphone. <laughs> it's a new a, thing we're doing with the gala. Last year was our inaugural honorary chair, Anthony von Mandel, and yeah. uh, he gave a really inspiring uh, speech. And so this is a great chance. Uh, Howard, I mean, he's one of the 
ultimate personalities in BC wine. When you look ultimate. back at the history of the Okanagan, it's Howard Soon and his box of rocks. Uh, the Pinot Grigio wine mingler is in this. Two boardroom tastings, a public seminar, two trade tasting seminars, the festival toast, the awards lunch, uh, La Dolce Vita, and something called a partridge in a pear tree. The Italians are well looked after. I really highly re- recommend the La Dolce Vita Saturday lunch. All 71 wineries will be pouring wine. So there will be 71 Italian winery, wines from 71 wineries. On the third floor of the convention center with incredible view of Coal Harbor, the North Shore Mountains, Italian-inspired West Coast Italian cuisine, music, the, the full, a full uh, I was going to say enchilada, but that's, that's Mexican. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, I'm just looking here at um, uh, Dana's events. Thank you very much for talking about Jean Bertrand and and what she's doing with them. She's look, really looking forward to that. Other seminars: the Global Crew and the Shape of Wine. Tell me about the Shape of Wine. That's where you get to taste wines in Riedel glassware. So it is. Uh, I, I think speakers can make a difference, you know, to music. If you have a good sound system and good speakers, the music will sound better. If you have good glassware with the right wines, you don't have to have a different glass for everyone. But, you know, I do have a few different glasses. It's fun. You can basically add value to your wine by having the right glass. And so that's on the Thursday okay. at Terminal City Club. And you get to bring the glassware home with you. It's What's it's that? a magic. Everyone should go through the Riedel Glassware Seminar at of least once in their life. And what's their, what's their phrase they've used for years and years and years? Something about the 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 wine is there something in the in the glasses, the delivery system. It's a nice. Yeah, that's why I use the term like speaker. Speakers are the delivery system of of, of music. I was do, doing my list there: Argentina, Australia, Canada, Chile, Croatia, France, Greece, Japan, sake. New Zealand, Spain, and the United States are coming through big time and doing their own functions as well, aren't they? Yeah, they've got a great event uh, on Wednesday evening, California Wine Sunfest, and that's at the Pipe Shop in North Nice, of course. Well, that's where they did it last year, yes. Yeah, it's a great venue. So this is a great chance for uh, people on the North Shore to to enjoy the wine festival. And they're also doing a, a seminar with DJ Kearney on the Friday, Golden State Vineyard Visions. And uh, it's going to be a tough choice because that's side by side with Challenge of the Red Titans, which is Filippo Bartolotta and Neil McLennan. T- um, I saw that uh, teaming up. I saw that. You give give Neil a microphone, um, uh, and that's the Italian Reds one against the other. Yes. Yeah, for the trade events, Filippo is going to be focusing focusing a lot on the lightness of being on on the growing trend of white wines, but you know, for a consumer event. Uh, what we find is bring out the big guns, you know, the Amaronis, the Barolos, the Brunellos. And so it's going to be a, just a wicked lineup. What's a global crew? We've done that now for six or seven years in a row. And what it is, is the, the agents have really responded well to this event. And it features wines from a place, yeah. the idea of a crew of single vineyard. So to qualify for this event, you you don't have to have an expensive wine, but it needs to be a wine that really speaks to the place, you know, terroir. And, you know, regardless of uh, all the things we hear in the news about so-and-so people not drinking or drinking less or changing everything, I mean, there's a lot of challenges. A lot of that has to do with branding, but 
wine has been around for thousands of years. And one of the things that is so special about it is regardless, regardless what you put on the label and what you do, these grapes come from a specific place with specific characteristics of soil and climate. And that is infinitely fascinating, regardless whether you drink the beverage or not, or, 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 or what your preferences yeah. are. And so that what this seminar is trying to get at the heart of, of what's in the bottle isn't just the name of the grape. It's from where it comes from. And one of the important aspects of terroir isn't just the weather and the soil. It's the people and the culture that have been tilling those soils for generations. I was just looking at your uh, your your sheet on, on facts and numbers, which you love, of course. Uh, looking at the ages, you've done some, some very interesting numbers on demographics. Um, uh, 19 to 24, just getting started. However... You looked up to the top end, 45 to 54, 55 to 64, there's 24 and 21 percent, 65 plus, 9 percent, men 48, women 52. Does that surprise you? No. You know, guys like to talk a lot about wine, but women women are more practical. They And and, and they don't think they, they know everything. Like there's probably a few guys don't come to the wine festival. Yeah, I've been there, done that. I know everything about wine. And so, and also women probably more likely to go as a group, a little more social. Guys are a little more intimidated. They think they have to know everything before they come to the wine festival. Women just come and go, let's just enjoy ourselves. It's, I don't want to make these broad generalizations, but it doesn't surprise me that more women than men. Come to the no. And that's a really, you know what? It's really one of the things you just highlight is, is you know, it's a mix of people. Yeah. Like you look at the our demographics, it's basically equal, young, middle, old, like everyone's welcome. It's people of all ages are coming to the wine fest. Everyone's welcome. Remind me to talk about your hotel partners in just a second. Uh, but uh, geographics, 82% of the people attending have been over the years from Metro Vancouver, 10% other BC, 6% other Canada, 2% internationally. That's a great uh, a bunch of numbers, 82% from Metro Vancouver. Because there's lots of choices in Vancouver, as you know, lots of choices. But you become the choice during this period. Yeah, we want to, whether you're from Metro Vancouver, Fraser Valley, the Okanagan, we get a lot of people coming now from uh, Vancouver Island and coastal communities. And we're doing a lot of our marketing outside of Metro Vancouver because we want to help our hotel industry. We want to help our downtown yeah. restaurants. And that's why we have, uh, with stayvancouverhotels.com, we have that deal where you book a hotel room. It doesn't matter whether you're where you're from, book a hotel room, you get a complimentary international festival tasting ticket. I mean, why have to worry about driving home? I mean, imagine, stay in a hotel, go to the downtown restaurants, make an item. That's what people do when the Rolling Stones comes to town, yeah. right? I mean. Enjoy, you know, don't just make it a three-hour event. Make it a whole weekend. And then when you're tasting the, the 700 different wines in the tasting room from the 149 wineries, every single one of those wines is available on the on-site liquor store. And you don't even have to carry them home. They will deliver it at no charge. BC BC Liquor will That's deliver the best. any the best. wines you buy. To your local liquor store anywhere in British Columbia, it's, that service doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. It's the no first charge. thing I want to do. As soon as I look in, I look to the right. I look to the right. I look to where that store is, and try to figure out where I'm going to start. What color? Red, white, rosé, whatever. I'm going to go there. It's. it's I'm just, going to 
I'm going to give Sandra Oldfield some credit. She got a great tip. She says the first thing she does when she goes in the taste room, she goes straight to the on-site liquor store and just looks at the labels. Look, get, Rather than a, a list of available winery wines, she sees the labels, she sees the brands, and a lot of things trigger in her mind. Oh, I need to taste that. I need to, oh, I need to buy that. And don't wait till the end to buy the wines. Buy them early. Take advantage of the stayvancouverhotels.com offer. En- enjoy yourself. By the way, I don't see anything here on the... Um... Uh, 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 there's no numbers here for your biking community. How many people do you think show up on, on bikes? Other than me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, or Evo, or... Uh, uh, or Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's, 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 it's a listen, safe way to go, good, right? You do want to plan your trip and your journey because this is this is an engaging um, a visit to the Vancouver Wine Festival. Uh, any other numbers you want to pass by? Go. I got I got one really here. And this one I'm going to uh, drag out because it surprises a lot of people. Because, you know, people, some people get jaded over time. Yeah, you know, I've been there, done that. But, but here's an interesting statistic that is constant year after year at the Wine Festival, including this year. A quarter of the wineries at this year's festival, just like any other year, are new to the festival. They never, ever come to the Vancouver International Wine nice. Festival. You're trying to discover new wines. Quarter of the wineries have never been to the wine festival. Nice. The other stat is just almost more mind-boggling. Three quarters of the wines that are poured in the tasting room, three quarter of the wines available on the on-site BCL store are unlisted new products to the market or spec listings. They're not general listings. You know, sometimes people go, oh, is this a wine regularly available? No, it's not. You're one chance this to is buy it. that wine. Exactly. Unless unless a restaurateur, a wine director, or a private store retailer picks up that picks up that uh, particular skew, you may not see that wine again. Three quarters of the wines are new to the market. How do people get more info besides what you've already given us? Uh, vanwinefest.ca usual social media outlets word of mouth talk about the wine festival with your friends and family uh, i know not everybody wants to go and you know what my tip get a super pass and then you can go to all six sessions you can hang out with the trade on thursday friday afternoon uh, we cap the capacity on thursday night 30 percent less than the other nights and so you know thursday night's a great night to go by yourself and really interact with the winery principals when they haven't lost their voice yet Friday is a little more of a downtown crowd. I love the Saturday afternoon. Here's an interesting stat. The Saturday afternoon attendees buy the most wine on the on-site store. They are their shopping crowd. We haven't touched on the closer. Your and last then there's Saturday night. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how much how much people are wearing white. And, and it's a bit of a party. It's okay. It's Saturday night. But it's not, Saturday night's not like Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Lots, you know, it's. But a super pass gives you a sense of like, yeah. you don't have to tackle it all all at once. And, uh, you know, that's what I would do, of course. Give them the website again, please, Harry. VanWineFest.ca. Congratulations on uh, 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 almost kicking off the 45th Van Wine Festival. It's wonderful. Tickets are on sale now and they're going fast. So get a plan together. Absolutely. Cheers. Great to see you.
This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by Hillside Winery on the Naramata Bench. It's that time of year when the reds start to show. The 2019 Founders Block Gamay Noir. The 2018 Hidden Valley Vineyard Mellow. The 2016 Dickinson Vineyard Mellow. The 2020 Pinot Noir. The 2020 Merlot. And the 2019 Syrah, given 92 points by Dr. Jamie Good. The highlight, of course, is the 2016 Mosaic, 95 points awarded by John Schreiner. Even though the Bistro is closed for the season, the wine shop and tastings are open daily, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can find all the details at hillsidewinery.ca. I'm Terry David Mulligan. This is Tasting Room Radio. This is a festival special that we have started, of course, with Harry Hershey. And we're going to end up, hopefully, if I can find Kimberly Hundredmark, we're going to talk about the... Uh, the winter wine festivals uh, going on right now in, in the Okanagan. But in the meantime, right down the road from me, I'm in Mill Bay, um, is the Victoria Whiskey Festival. which is going to be held uh, annually at the Hotel Grand Pacific. And it, it includes the Canadian Whiskey Awards, which is always quite an event. Anyway, it's happening from the uh, uh, January the 18th through 21. So in other words, Thursday to Sunday, it's going to be four days of whiskey and and everybody, and opinions. And one of the opinions you want to look for and listen to is Adam Bradshaw, who has been described as the digital and premium experience manager at the Strath. Uh, um, um, first of all, welcome, Adam. Nice to have you here. Thanks for having me, yeah. All right. What is, in fact, the digital and premium experience manager do? What, what, <laughs> what does it say well, in your job problem, description? Yeah. It, it sounds like such a, yeah, a, a ridiculous title, and it's because we couldn't really figure out how to actually explain what I do. Um, I do a little bit of everything here. I'm in charge of our web store. I'm in charge of um, running our clubs and our festivals. I'm also uh, a graphic designer for the whole building. I'm a little bit of everything. Uh, <laughs> I see. And you've course, also... I think my most important thing is I'm also curating the, uh, the whiskey and the spirit selection in our liquor store. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, you're also um, described as the local ambassador for the uh, Scott Malt Whiskey Society, and you yes. have a representation, hopefully we'll get to these, uh, of the uh, Strath Single Cast Masterclass with Adam Bradshaw. That's you. That's um, me. Uh, now tell me about the, the Strath Single Casks Masterclass. I love that. <laughs> well, it's uh, it, it's morphed a little bit from when I uh, first uh, put, put the idea together. Um, but so last year was our store's 20th anniversary as an independent liquor store. And we're, we're very proud of uh, what we've accomplished. And uh, one of the things that we did to celebrate that is we actually put together a series of five unique single cask whiskies from around the world. And so these are whiskies that were bottled, created especially for us that you can't get anywhere else on the planet. Um, so we had mm. uh, three from Scotland. Uh, we had a, a Ben Roma, uh, which is a fantastic whiskey from Speyside, super traditional, uses uh, a little bit of peat in their recipe. We've got Ardmore, which is actually my all-time favorite distillery. I was very proud of that one. And that one was actually distilled on the year we were founded back in 2003. So that's extra special. Uh, we did a Loch Lomond, which is uh, just a really nice, vibrant, fresh whiskey. But we also um, bottled a whiskey from India, from Amrut, which is excellent. It was uh, the most recent one we released as well, as well as supporting local. We have an um, we have a, a single cask from uh, Stillhead over uh, your neck of the woods, I think, hmm. just a little bit north of you. <laughs> Well, and there has to be room for our local distillers as well. I mean, oh, absolutely. We, you, can, you can get whiskeys from all over the world, but you should absolutely positively support local. 
Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's uh, one of my catchphrases, if you will, that I'm known for saying is, um, you know, you can probably tell from the accent I'm not originally from this area. I've worked in Scotland, I've worked in Australia in whiskey, I've been all around the world. And Canadians don't have any idea how good their whiskey is. Like, honestly, and anyone listening here that's in Canada, think about Canadian whiskey. Your opinion is probably, uh, of Canadian whiskey, is probably not as good as it should be. <laughs> Canadian whiskey is an absolutely excellent product. We we do have the good to make it. Mm-hmm. We've got this. We've got the stuff. The stuff here. What can we expect to find at a master class or grand tasting? Oh well, that's so for me the biggest, the best thing about any festival. I mean, a lot of people they always clamor to get to the the, the big finale, the end part of, especially a whiskey festival where you're walking around with a glass and you can try a little bit of everything from everyone. For me, that's not the most important thing. For me, it's the opportunity to sit down and listen to the stories from the people that make the whiskey exactly. or the people that sell the whiskey. Because yep. uh, whiskey is not just a beverage; it's uh, you know, it's a hobby, it's a lifestyle, it's it's a passion. Well, it has uh, and Adam, it has a wine. Uh, that in common with wine is not mm-hmm. just the wine in the bottle it's the story of how that wine got in that bottle and who Absolutely. made it and what kind of year it was and and how long they've been doing it and it's just there's there's so many things to be talking about yeah and why they made it you know why why did that uh, vineyard originally plant ortega for example you know there's so many depths to a story of each individual bottle of would be a wine or a spirit or even beer of course as well are you involved in the whiskey dinners uh, yes, a little bit, yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's funny, I just got notification that one of them's already sold out. So uh, mm. the, the whiskey dinners at Fathom, there's, uh, I believe, a few tickets left for the Michter's one, which is going to be incredible. Um, I helped put that together. The menu with uh, the, the head chef, Eric, who actually used to work uh, at the Strath as well. So we're very proud to have that connection with Eric. Um, he's put together an incredible menu, and we've been working with Authentic to put together a really good selection of Michter's whiskeys as well, including some of the limited edition age statement ones that you don't normally see. Normally the kind of thing you have to enter a lottery to even buy. <laughs> he is Adam Bradshaw. He's the digital and premium experience manager at the Stratha, one of the uh, uh, partners involved in the uh, the wine festival coming up next weekend. Now, um, in the pairing, I, I understand wine pairings. I, I spent the last 17 years just talking about pairing wines with food. But the interesting thing about whiskey is it can be bigger than anything you ever eat. So how <laughs> how do you pair? Where are the pair? What's the key? So there's a, a few things that uh, off the bat that are a little bit of a like rules in a sense, and that you know it's not necessarily hard and fast as you know rules are often meant to be broken. Um, but the only the only things I would say with pairing a whiskey that you stay away from is stay away from anything too spicy and anything too sweet. Um, for me, pairing whiskey with food is a beautiful thing, especially when you get something that's really rich and fatty. Meats and cheeses are often I thought of as the, the best things, or any sort of big rich buttery sauce, um, because what it does. Um, whiskey is, as you said, it's a big, it's a bold, uh, very prominent flavor profile. And what you'll find is it's, you don't generally get pairings where it's a specific thing that goes with the whiskey. You get pairings where you experiment and see how the whiskey changes mm. after you've eaten different things. Because that's one of the beautiful things about whiskey in general. It's so rich and chemically complex. If you buy a bottle of whiskey, if you spread that out over you know, 25 ounces, every time you taste it, it's going to be a little bit different depending on you know the temperature, your mood, what you've just eaten. And when you, when you take a sip of whiskey and then follow it by a bite of food and then sip the whiskey again it is a completely different experience than before you had that bite of food so if you have something that's rich and complex and interesting on your plate you can you can have 12 different experiences with one one glass of whiskey 
Adam, what is, what kind of a whiskey town is Victoria? How do we? Oh, it's it's amazing. Like honestly, I, I I've lived all over the world, and the only place I've ever lived where I'd say that whiskey is a more prominent uh, part of, um, uh, of of a town sort of not identity but sort of pastimes um, is is Edinburgh, which makes sense. Um, but it's it's a strange phenomenon here on Vancouver Island. I believe uh, last time I checked, we have more registered whiskey clubs on Vancouver Island than the whole of Ontario. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> like I don't quite understand what's going on there, and it's not it's not just the enjoying of whiskey, although that is a big part of it. We have many many clubs here. I'm I'm part of several. I run a couple as well, um, and it's a big history. And we've got the biggest festival, of course, in Canada. But we also make great whiskey here on the island now as well. And I don't know uh, if part of that might be because of the the culture of drinking whiskey that we've got here that we've uh, we've managed to curate but uh, yeah the, the whole island in general is is just a really interesting spot for whiskey lovers adam bradshaw who has been described as the digital and premium experience manager at the strath thank you adam by the way uh, by the time we get to next weekend it, it, it thinks everything should be locked down there's still a few packages uh, available can you tell us about it yeah, so um, there are a couple available. Uh, the best place to go for any availability is direct to the Victoria Whiskey Festival website. Sure. Um, and there's links at the very top with the most recent information. It's a bit of an old school website. Of course, the Victoria Whiskey Festivals, you know, are not for profit. They don't want to spend more money than they need to because it's all going to charity. So the website is uh, somewhat tricky to navigate for some people. But right at the top of the front page, you will see some links to what's left. Uh, now, part of those will be on our uh, liquor stores uh, web store. Uh, so any packages that are left, which I think uh, there's only a couple. Um, and then there are some individual masterclass tickets. And as I said at the beginning, the masterclasses for me is what really makes a festival, um, getting to learn and hear the stories. And that's that's what's there. So um, you can pick and choose a couple of the remaining masterclasses. And of course, there are some tickets for the Mictus dinner as well. And I think they're on Eventbrite. And for those that are going at them, uh, just some tips. Uh, uh, three. T- I mean, let's, let's presume that most people know how to attend a, a whiskey festival, but for those dipping their toes in for the first time? Mm-hmm. My my biggest tip, and this is actually some advice I got uh, for my career in whiskey uh, from, uh, from a veteran a long time ago, is don't drink everything that's put in front of you just for the sake of drinking it. Right. Um, <laughs> don't finish everything, especially. Uh, when you're at a whiskey festival, you have the opportunity at the Victoria Whiskey Festival to literally taste hundreds of different incredible whiskeys from all over the world. Now, like it can be tempting to keep going back to one that you really like and having it four or five times or drinking a couple of ounces of it but if you do that you'll be asleep in the corner before you know it your best bet is to only have one or two sips of everything and record the things that you like and the easiest way to do that take a photograph of the bottle don't mm. try writing on a list just take a snapshot of the bottle exactly with, your, with, with a thumb up or a thumb down <laughs> exactly that well uh what are you looking forward to tasting uh or, or crossing paths with on the weekend yeah that's a great question. So every year I uh, I, I always have this uh, problem because I'm working the entire festival, right? So I, I very rarely get the opportunity to do anything. And one thing I managed to do this year is I've managed to coordinate my time so I can actually go to one of the masterclasses on Thursday night, the, uh, the grand tasting rather. Um, and I'm going to go to the whiskey debate, um, which is... Uh, it's one of the things that I keep hearing about. Is, it's one of those things with the whiskey festival is often... The, the one the tastings on paper don't necessarily sound like the best thing you go and they always blow you away 
because uh, it's the ones with it's the people with the most to prove. Yeah. Um, and the whiskey debate is put on by Beam Suntory, which of course has an incredible um, portfolio of whiskeys from all around the world. They're the only major company that actually has whiskeys in all five major whiskey making countries. So the whiskey debate is going to be a, a, a conversation and a debate about which regions whiskeys are the best. You know, we've got Ireland, we've got uh, Canada, we've got the US, we've got Japan, and we've got Scotland. And there's going to be a lot of opinions being shared. Well, I, you're and, uh, like, you're, no, 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 Adam, you <laughs> You took the words right out of my mouth. The most opinionated people <laughs> in the world are whiskey people. Absolutely. And I think part of that, uh, and for those of you who um, who might be listening, who might be a little bit uh, scared maybe to go to a whiskey tasting, the wonderful thing about whiskey, as opposed to pretty much anything else that you will taste, is your opinions are correct, whether anyone else likes it or not, when it comes to what you're tasting. You cannot be wrong because everyone's individual opinion and individual tasting notes are true to themselves. Um, and that's why you get such, uh, yeah, such boisterousness sometimes at a whiskey tasting. Okay, t- uh, two things, Adam. Uh, uh, one, uh, you, uh, you are at, at the Strath right now talking to me. So without, mm-hmm. without looking around, what are the three whiskeys you'd recommend from your shelves right now off the top of your head? <laughs> that are available right now. Right I mean, now. Honestly, it's hard for me not to recommend some of those single casks that we mentioned earlier because um, I, I, I literally, I, I tasted hundreds of different samples to come up with the best products to be able to share with our whiskey community here. Uh, so right now, I would definitely recommend our Ben Roma, our uh, Ardmore, and probably the Amroot would be our, the top three for uh, people to try. Um, but, I mean, I feel bad for not saying the stillhead because, as we said, it's important to um, have local as well. So the stillhead will throw in as an extra 3.2. <laughs> Thank you. Now, in, in honor of this, I just want to let you know that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm joining you with the sip today. And, I'm, uh, and, and the last one, the one that I kind of am leaning against, is the, uh, the latest from the Sons of Vancouver, who did really well last year at they the awards. Did. And this yeah, is a, a lot of people. This is desert grass and blue agave whiskey. It's a, just sipping, sliding around my tongue. Listen, I will stick my hand out and say hello when I see you. I'm, I would look forward to it. <laughs> have yourself a wonderful w- weekend. Uh, um, I know it's a week away, but you have to train for it. Uh, and <laughs> and, and, and uh, we, will, we will talk to you about how it all went later on. Perfect. And come, come say hi. We'll have a pop-up store right there in the uh, in the foyer. Uh, come say hi, and I might even be able to take you up for a couple of grams in our suite. <laughs> Thank you. And <laughs> and when I can find the parking, I always want to go into Victoria. I stop at the Strath. Ah, I appreciate it. Thank you, mate. Well, I mean, if you're only going to be there for ten minutes, you can always park right outside. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. No problem. Have a great day. Thanks, Adam. Adam Bradshaw, who has been described as the digital and premium experience manager at the Strath. This segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Visit the Okanagan Valley this winter and experience beautiful BC wine country. The Okanagan Winter Wine Festival takes place January 20 through 28 across the Okanagan. Events include happy hours, fire and ice carnival, a winter artisan market, scenic sips, live music Sundays. You can find all the details for the Okanagan Winter Wine Festival in January at thewinefestivals.com. Well, I guess, friends, you know this is January. Um, I'm Terry David Mulligan, Tasting Room Radio, and we are doing we're doing the festivals of this particular time of the year. Anybody can do a festival in the spring, summer, and fall. Anybody. But doing a winter festival, that's a big deal. You got You have to charge people to get on their boots and socks and, and join you 
um, in the Okanagan. And I thought I'd go to um, Kimberly Hundredmark, who's the general manager of the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Um, did I sell that badly? Uh, what do you think? No, you did that wonderfully. All the destination tourism organizations would be very happy with you for that little plug. Thank you. Because it is, a, I know they call it like a shoulder season, but mm-hmm. it's, it's still winter. And, uh, it is, but winter in wine country, my God, we've got <laughs> skiing here. Where else can you go skiing all day and enjoy some beautiful wines at night? I mean, it's amazing here. So uh, your festivals, uh, kick, you've got a festival going on the 20th and the 21st, the Saturday and the Sunday, uh, just down the road. Um, and and one of the, one of the uh, events is at the District Wine Village uh, and pre- they're presenting Winterfest at the district. How's yes. it? What's how's it going to work? Well, we started this last year, and it was a rousing success. So uh, they're going to be planning their own set of activities, you know, including that really cool ice rink that they just planted in the plaza yeah. this fall. It's so cool, literally. I, I don't think <laughs> but, you. I don't. I don't think you planted, but it's good. It's... Yeah, okay. You know, watered it. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we've got that new addition to the weekend, and because the taste passport, which allows you to visit out of the 11 different experiences you get to pick six and you go to those um, retail tasting areas and have an exclusive wine food pairing or a flight of beer with a really great Bavarian pretzel Um, there's all kinds of really great curated experiences that you can only get that weekend on Saturday and Sunday between 11 and 4 with your passport Uh, So, and your choices are apricus, canter, nice, foolish, joyride, neighborhood outpost, Incomeep cellars, One Faith vineyards, Time Family wines, Time Family of wines, Valley Commons, and winemakers cut. You got it. And wards, of course, wards uh, wine country kitchen there, uh, feeding people as well. It's it's all is all right there. Bring your skates. Yeah. They've got their great schmores and hot chocolate that you can cozy up around one of the fire tables and a Muskoka chair and just be completely taken away. And heaters. And heaters. And yes. heaters. Well, okay, so that's the district. What else is going on? So on the Saturday evening, uh, we gear up the Winter Sips South event at the Penticton Trade and Convention Center. And there we're uh, featuring 25 of our winery partners, plus the heart of wine country from Okanagan Falls. They're going to come with a number of their members. And we've got um, Danko. It's like this really cool DJ is going to be there. Uh, some incredible culinary stations. Uh, just a really chill night for the middle of winter. Why not? You sent me a spreadsheet, a delightful spreadsheet, with um, uh, wine selections for both weekends in Penticton and Kelowna. Can I just quote a couple? Sure. Well, I, I like the fact that in uh, Penticton... Uh, you've got headers. You've got Naramata Bench, so like it's Bench 17 uh, or 1775, High Note, Hillside, Laughingstock, Moraine, Red Rooster, Township 7, Upper Bench, and uh, Westport. You've got Okanagan Falls, uh, everybody from uh, Heart, uh, from Black Market Wine Co. to Stags Hollow. Um, you've got Golden Mile, Culmina, Geringer, uh, Road 13, and Tinhorn Creek, and then Oliver, Cellar uh, uh, Door and more, Church and State, Phantom Creek, Red Barn, Vasanti, and Asoyos, Moon Cursor, and Incomeep. Similkameen Valley has got uh, Vanessa. I mean, you have all sorts of choices, uh, and they're all pouring. 
Yes, they are. And they're South Okanagan wineries, which we're really excited to be able to showcase that area exclusively. Because as you know, that's a remarkable growing area and it's absolutely beautiful, breathtaking any time of the year. And we want you to experience all the beautiful wines that they're producing there. So we're really happy to have well, over 100 wines to be poured specifically from South Okanagan. That's fantastic. You know, and you have to kind of wonder how many people, uh, like when they say they're, they're, they've been to Canada, they go to Vancouver and that's it. And the same thing with the Okanagan. They go to Kelowna, for example. They never get mm-hmm. to see Oliver Soya spent all the way down the valley of the Samukamine. And, and the more uh, you, you just know if people can experience those places, they'll come back. They'll remember. It's breathtaking. You can't not have that, you know, it's a, a embedded in your memory bank. It's an absolutely incredible place to um, grow, to play, to live. I'm looking at your pores for uh, Kelowna. So mm-hmm. Cedar, Cedar Creek, well, they're, they're rolling it out to the Platinum Collection. Yes. Uh, Sand Hill, Summer Hill, Tantalus, Mission mm-hmm. Hill Family Estate, Road 13. Uh, they're all there. They're all there. They are, and they're all pouring Burgundy style. So we rolled this out last year at Predator Ridge, and they're under Renault this year. So we've we've moved locations, but um, these are Riesling, Chardonnay, and Pinot Noirs and sparklings. That's that's the uh, thrust of that that afternoon. It's afternoon tasting too, which is kind of cool. So then you can go and experience the dining round activities that are happening in our restaurants in downtown Kelowna afterwards. So it's a full day, and uh, we're really excited about that one as well. It's it's new to Kelowna, so we're really hoping that everybody's going to buy into that. She's Kimberly Hundredmark. She's the uh, general manager of the Okanagan Wine Fests and has brought a breath of fresh air to the valley. Um, Now, and it's good because she flosses. Um, (laughs) Now, here's the deal. Um, What have I forgotten? What else? any, Any secrets going on? I know some of the wineries have their own events going on yeah. at the same to same time too. So there's some, um, you know, fondues. There's some winemakers dinners. Hillside is doing something on the Sunday of that first weekend, um, and that's a collection actually of Naramata wineries. So that's something to check out. I mean, just to visit our events calendar because it's ever updated uh, every week. Somebody's adding something, but it's you know don't be fooled. It's a great time of year to come. It's an easy drive for the most part and right. easy to fly here. And accommodations are inexpensive. Thewinefestivals.com is your website to follow. And of course, but you're also on Instagram, yes? Oh, absolutely. That's Okanagan Wine Festival on Instagram. Now, uh, June 7th, just just before we let you go, June 7th, mm-hmm. 2024, the Okanagan Spring Wine Festival. Mm-hmm. Yes. June the 16th, Okanagan Spring Wine Festival. Doesn't it feel better just to talk about those? And... October the 22nd, the Okanagan Fall Wine Festival. So June 7, June 16, and October 27. Mark them in your calendar. Uh, but mm-hmm. we just, all we have to do is, one of the ways that you, you don't have to survive winter. What you do is have to thrive in winter, and that's what we're doing. That's what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you. It's fantastic. Yay. I try. <laughs> and what kind of weather do you want? Do you want snow? Do you want it to be romantic? What do you want? I want it to be something that isn't biting, but it's it's beautiful and picturesque. Um, we're lucky here because our winters are dry, like dry heat, right? Dry cold. So uh, just dress accordingly and you'll have a magnificent time. And it's, it is absolutely beautiful. You can't help but fall in love here in the Okanagan. 
and Kimberly, I can't help but n- not think about the, the all the conversation that we had in 2023, the tail end of 2023, about the uh, the the pressure, the uh, some of the some of the darkness that's fallen over some of the wineries and the wine districts, the wine areas, simply because of the fires, the weather, the the uh, the, the smoke, um, the, the the freeze, um, lack of pr- production in some areas, some vineyards lost. Um, mm-hmm. If ever we're going to bring uh, the 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 darkness and lift it, uh, it will be with events like a, a winter wine festival that works. Absolutely, and if people understood the economic impact that our wine industry brings to our province, uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't think twice about coming here and spending a weekend rather than taking off somewhere else. It's it's. Uh, it's a success if we all join together, and I think we're seeing that, especially with products like this and the Vancouver International Wine Festival, what they've done for our industry as well. So I'm excited and very proud to be part of this and bringing these events to uh, the Okanagan. January 2021, the com. Make your reservations. Go and have fun. Have fun. And, Please do. And, and take a friend with you. All right. Thank you Hi. so much for, uh, for wrapping up this show, Kimberly. Thank you, Terry, always. Kimberly Hundredmark, the General Manager, Okanagan Wine Festivals. That's Tasting Room Radio. The segment of Tasting Room Radio is brought to you by the Okanagan Wine Festivals. Visit the Okanagan Valley this winter and experience beautiful BC wine country. The Okanagan Winter Wine Festival takes place January 20 through 28 across the Okanagan. Events include happy hours, fire and ice carnival, a winter artisan market, scenic sips, live music Sundays. You can find all the details for the Okanagan Winter Wine Festival in January at thewinefestivals.com.